Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 13 and it is the first part of a two-part series for the podcast and a very special podcast because it is the audio that we recorded at my first event, which was called Flourish and Thrive. So this event was held at the end of June and my goal for this event was to bring together small business owners to connect because we can be really isolated in our businesses and to just chat about those ups and downs and the things that we go through and how we kind of get through all of that. And I brought along some very special guests to share share their experiences, but also help the business owners there with some really practical tips for their business to help them grow and to move through the different stages of business. So um, I was there, obviously. <laughs> um, I had Ruby Marsh, who was our host for the evening and was amazing at leading the questions for us. Uh, Adrian Donnelly, who is a virtual assistant, and Sophie Brenton, who's a bookkeeper. So this first part of the episode is where we're each talking mostly about our business journey and how we got to where we are. So I think towards the end of this episode, Sophie does start chatting about some practical tax things. Um, And then the second episode will be more of the technical side where we each share some of our knowledge around um, outsourcing to a VA or how we can get our bookkeeping sorted. And I chatted about terms and conditions and we went through some things for business owners to think about in each of those three topics. So they will be uploaded at the same time. So hopefully once you finish this, you can jump on to the next episode and I hope you enjoy it. So I'm Ruby and thank you, Amelia, for putting this night on for all of us, because I think that we all know as small business owners, let's just get a show of hands. If we Are we all small business owners in the room? Yeah. Yeah, or, or about to make the leap or something like that, yeah. And how long have you been in business? Like one to three years? Yeah, okay, maybe over three, three to five years, yeah. Five plus, yeah, cool. Okay, so we've got a mix. So some of this stuff you probably will be all over. Some of this will, you'll be like, uh, okay. Especially when you chat to a lawyer, uh, a numbers woman, and someone who gets your shit together, like Adrian, you start to realise, oh, okay, I don't, yeah, there's a few things that are missing in my, in my back end. It's certainly been my experience of uh, connecting and working with these women. So I think what's interesting to think about is when we go back to the start of our business journey, there's that moment where we decided to go all in in our business and we go, okay, I'm gonna make the leap, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna go full-time, maybe you've had a part-time job, maybe you're leaping out of corporate, whatever it looks like, but that moment that you go all in and suddenly it's like, okay, there's no looking back. And you usually have this idea of what success is going to look like. Maybe your first, uh, your marker of success is, 
I'm pulling a full-time income from my business and this can support me. That's success and you get to that point and then you move to the goalposts again and then suddenly it's like, oh, I need some help here. Okay, growing a team, that's like the next level of success and you keep kind of moving the goalposts or maybe you have this vision five, ten years down the track of what you want it to look like. But the thing is that for everybody, success looks different, right? I don't think um, we can you know, sit here and go, oh, well, we all have the same thing that we want to achieve. It will be similar because obviously we have models of success out there. But I wanted to start by talking to these women about this topic of success because I think what's really interesting is that we probably, I don't know, who listens to podcasts here? Yeah. And you probably have all listened to podcasts of different entrepreneurs and you listen to their stories or you read their books. And when you hear it, you get like the five minute condensed version of success, like zero to a hundred million dollar business or whatever. And you're like, oh, that sounds easy. Like, <laughs> but what you don't often get is all of the things that happen in between. You know, like we look at someone, who knows Melanie Perkins who founded Canva, right? Yeah, so we probably used Canva. Maybe we don't know that Melanie started it. She started it with her now, I think he's now her husband. And there are recently like 40, under 40, you know, worth billions, the company now. But when I was doing a little bit of research on that company, she started that out as an idea of creating yearbooks for high school. So she actually had this idea when she was 17 for something similar to Canva. And then she got a few years down the track and she went, right, I'm going to go to Silicon Valley and, you know, I want to get some funding for this idea. And she had a hundred knockbacks for the funding. And now she's got a billion dollar company. And of course, I've given you the five minute version just then. <laughs> We're from this to this to this. But a hundred knockbacks in that time, like imagine pitching your idea a hundred times and people go, no, sorry, not this time. No, sorry, not this time. No, sorry, not this time. And then you get to the hundredth and they're like, we'll, we'll fund your idea. And then suddenly, you know, 16 years later, 16 years, she's now into this journey with Canva and look what she's created. So I think what's really interesting is that, you know, success is not linear. We always see those pictures of, uh, people put those memes up on social media and it's like success looks like this and it's going in all of these directions and you know we can all relate to that journey so I wanted to start off by asking each of you when you started out with your business what was your first marker of success and now that you're a few years down the track maybe you can tell me how many years down the track you are what success now looks like for you where you've got this perspective you're looking forward you're a few years down the track and you're like oh actually this is what i thought it was and now this is what i want so we'll start with you sophie yeah. um i'm sophie from sb business services so i'm a management consultant and bookkeeper to some of you in the room some people all over australia i started this <coughs> yeah five years ago last month as an out from a very comfortable corporate job um, as a single mum. <laughs> so this had to work. There was no option. 
it was going to work. I was hell bent on that. Um, but it was so that I could be there for my son to do those parent moments, but also just earn enough to live. I wasn't going for mansions and sheep stations, <laughs> just, just enough to survive and kind of grow a bit. Um, yeah, five years down the track, he's now in year two at school and I've got an employee, I've got an office space, and those two things I always said I'd never have. <laughs> um, we're actually moving to the office next door next week, so it's a bit bigger. Um, and I think for the future, I would like to see maybe another employee and a standalone office space. Like, that's where I'm headed, I think. So I'm enjoying it. While I'm enjoying it, it will continue. But if I start to hate it, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I think I... So I come from a corporate private practice law firm background and I started my career fresh out of uni thinking I was going to take over the corporate world. I was like wearing those stilettos, had the handbags, I'm like working my way up to the partner track and I thought that was my goal. And as I got older and particularly having kids changed my perspective on working corporate a lot, I realised that that wasn't actually a marker of success I was striving for anymore. And I got so much more satisfaction out of working with clients one-to-one, -one, finding out about their business. And so for me, starting my business, success was just working with small businesses and getting clients because I left private practice with zero clients. I didn't take any existing client base. It was literally day one, zero dollars. I had to make it work as well. Um, and so, I thought if I can make enough, probably I wasn't even aiming to replace my wage initially. I thought if I can just make enough to kind of pay the household bills and, you know, luckily I have a husband who works as well, so we were knew we'd be okay for a period of time. Um, I thought, okay, that would be success because my kids were quite young at that stage. I think they were like two and four when I started my business five years ago. Um, so I thought I wanted to spend more time with them because I could just see private practice. It was not geared for mothers. Um, working part-time in a law firm is just not really part-time. You're doing five days work in three. I was constantly getting calls on my days off and people would say, oh, what are you doing on your day off? So if you're a parent, you know that there is no such thing as a day off. <laughs> you were going home to do the actual work and looking after your children. So for me, success was just about working with people that I enjoyed. I didn't really, I still work from home. I think sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I need a nice fancy office, but I still, yeah, I said to Sophie, when you go into that new space, I'm booking a hot desk in there. Um, but for me, I think success hasn't changed that drastically. I would like to have a bigger impact, I guess work with more people. Um, but I think for me now, I'm looking at different things like events like this and helping other people connect and meet is actually really important to me because I, there's only so much I can do one-to-one -one with my clients in, in their business. And um, yeah, so I think that next stage of success for me is doing things like this and helping other people connect. Mm. Cool. Are you Adrian? Is there a trick to this? That's it? No, okay, <laughs> easy. Um, I'm Adrian. So I started my business organised by Adrian seven years ago this year as a virtual assistant. Um, for me, coming out of corporate 
uh, office management and operations management and HR, success for me was being able to earn the same amount of money. I was in my late 20s. I had a mortgage on my own. So for me, it was just being able to pay my mortgage and live the lifestyle that I had sort of become accustomed to, which wasn't a lot. I think I was on, you know, 50 grand a year, but I was on my own. So I needed to make that work. Um, I had about three months worth of savings of my wage. So I thought, okay, I've got three three months to make this business work because I can keep paying myself. Um, So yeah, seven years ago, that was now. For me now, success looks very different. Um, I'm lucky to have a successful business. So the concern around money isn't as much, but it's actually more around what I do with that money and not just getting complacent going, oh, there's money there and I can spend it on whatever I want and being smarter about that. Um, I've chosen not to have a family, that's my choice, not to have a family. Um, So for me, it's around travel and flexibility and not having to work as much. Um, But it's also, success for me also looks like working with the right people, the people that I want. So I'm sure a lot of us, when we've started our businesses, said yes to lots of clients or offering products or working in certain markets that we thought this is not, they're not my people and I might not be their people, but I just have to say yes, because I'm trying to make this business work. So for me now, it's more about working with the right people on their terms and my terms and on mutual benefit um, terms instead of just saying yes to everyone to make a certain amount of Mm. money. Cool. I think that rolls nicely into my next question, which was you just spoke about the challenge of saying yes to the right people, saying no to some people. Uh, What do you think, what was that transition like? What do you think you had to do? I mean, that would have been challenging in the beginning to say no to potential clients that might be ongoing money and all of that. But what what do you think for a lot of the business owners out here, we've also been in that position where we think, oh, just take on this client, or just, and then we go, oh, hang on, that was not a good idea, they're not a good fit for me. So what has allowed you, do you think, to be able to do that more powerfully now, work through that challenge? Yeah, definitely. So I did say yes to the people that I knew in my gut were not right. I guess the only people I probably said no to was where I had a very strong ethical or um, values a mismatch and were not aligned otherwise I was just saying yes even if it was providing services I didn't love or at rates that weren't what I you know what other people were paying me because it was just this desire to not have to go back to the corporate world with the, my tail between my legs and say oh it, it didn't work I have to you know go back and get a job which in my mind then equaled failure which I know now it it doesn't because at different times in my business I have had to do that because clients have shut their businesses that has a you know a direct impact on me um so I did have to say yes to those I think um why I don't have to now is because I've done the work with financial advisors and accountants so I'm charging at a in a way that means I don't have to have loads and loads and loads of clients at really low packages Mm -hmm. and rates um so I can it's I can you know work 40 hours bill 40 hours that's um a, a lot better and 
I've been lucky that my business has built, been built on word of mouth. So it's a ref, it's all referral based. For the first five years, I had you know no social media, no website, barely had a business name. And we've talked a little bit about business names recently. Um, so I think being based on word of mouth, I can say yes to the right people that come in through the right avenues and no to the others. I've also fortunate enough to have built a very strong community of other virtual assistants throughout the region. A few of them are here this evening. So we have a community of almost 200 mm -hmm. virtual assistants throughout the Hunter, which I a, a networking group that I co-founded with my colleague Jane. So when businesses do come to me and for whatever reason they're not a fit, um, we're never just saying no and turning them away. We can then connect them with this amazing community of other local yeah. virtual assistants because I'm not going to be for everyone everyone's not going to be for me like we joke all the time like it's like dating I'm sure there'll be people out there that are like you are a nightmare I'm like love me I love you but we're just not a right fit and vice versa and when you find it it's amazing and when it's not it's not but there will be someone else out there for them so that's nice to never I guess have to say no to a client it's always no but let me find you someone yeah. who is the right fit for your business. Yeah, so important, such an important lesson. Amelia, I think with challenges, most people are coming to you with their challenges as a lawyer and things that they're trying to work through. Maybe not quite so many disputes with the work that you do, but certainly the challenges of growing, growing a team. I'd love to know for you though, inside your business, like what's challenging you right now? This is the million dollar question. <laughs> I think I've gone through a lot of growth in my business, which is great. And it brings the challenge of, okay, what direction do I want to take my business? And I think it's, you know, touching on what Adrian was saying about working with the right people. Because I think for me, it's realizing growing a team or having five staff or a fancy office doesn't actually mean that I'll be more successful and more happy in what I do. And there can be a level of working with a certain number of clients that just really light me up and we work together really well and finding that right balance because I always describe myself as a recovering people pleaser. So I do struggle to say no to people because I don't want to let them down because I feel like I don't want them to not like me because I've said no or I couldn't help them out. I just generally want to help everyone and sometimes that gets me into trouble because then I've got all this work and not enough time to do it because I'm doing it all by myself. So I think that's the challenge for me is kind of getting a bit more comfortable with the fact that I can be where I am now and I know that I've got enough work that, yeah, I can do the things that I want to do with my life, work with people that get along. we get along really well. Um, and not feel like I'm chasing someone else's version of success. So it's a bit of a yeah mindset challenge and internal challenge that I think is what I'm have been facing for probably the last six months in my business. Yeah. Totally the wrong week of the year to ask me <laughs> what my challenge is. <laughs> Full steam ahead to June 30. <laughs> On Friday but I yeah for me right now like saying no or setting boundaries um, if anyone has emailed me you know I get back to you within five minutes yeah. <laughs> pretty much day or night <laughs> always too responsive but it's 
once it's done, it's done. It's out of my head. So yeah, setting boundaries um, with clients, looking after a plethora of small business owners. I know that the only time they have to email me might be 2 a.m. when they're up or 11 p.m. at night or four in the morning. I got an email at 10 to two this morning. Yeah, from someone because they were just up getting admin done. So that's where I come in to try and help take all of that off their hands to an extent so that they can spend more time on their business and less doing those things at other hours. Um, but yeah, setting boundaries for myself so that I can switch off and do the family things. Um, sometimes work wins, sometimes family wins, and it's about finding the balance for me and it changes daily. Um, yeah, that's probably my biggest struggle at the moment. Um, but I have taken on clients that I gut feeling hated and they didn't pay me, so I've learnt that lesson. <laughs> I think we've all dealt, we've all crossed those bridges with clients, no matter where you're at. So even if you're just starting and you are like, oh, someone's asked me to do this. Oh, how much do I charge? What do they, what are they expecting from me? You're always over delivering, um, better than under, under delivering, but yes, yeah, setting boundaries and finding your, your niche, not niche, niche, but yeah, that kind of thing. Cool. Do I need to kick it up? Yeah, I might. I might go into the ne the next question before we get into some of the tools of the trade. Mm -hmm. That's your specialty. Okay. So, I sh I'd love to know from the room who here would say that they experience some element of self doubt at least, like maybe not once a week, but you know. Fairly often? Daily. Yeah, daily? Okay. <laughs> I was, you know, being kind. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, cool, cool. We've got friends, we've got friends. Yeah. So, self doubt, yeah, it's, it's real. Yeah. And we might look like we've got it all together on the outside and our pretty social media photos and. Mm. <laughs> All of that that we can do to kind of keep the the appearance, but then you know, running a small business when it's all down to you, there's definitely those moments where you go, "What the hell have I done? What have I done? And is it going to be okay?" And you know, client movement and all of these things. And obviously, if you've run a business in the last two years, I started a business, my current business with my husband in the last two years. You know, there's been a bit of a roller coaster. It's been very interesting. Some people have grown exponentially. Some people have had ups and downs. So yes, self-doubt is real. And you talk to business owners and even if they're 10 years, 20 years down the track, that, that never goes away. So let's be real for a second and talk a little bit about yeah, that feeling. Self-doubt. Yeah. It ha I've, I've been having a shitty week, <laughs> straight up. I haven't wanted to do socials, I haven't wanted to do anything. I'm like, I've got a lot to do, so I'm working, that's fine. But I'm not motivated, I'm totally just out of it. I want to go and lay on a beach somewhere <laughs> where it's warm and not cold and miserable. Um, get more content, <laughs> do all of that. Um, what I have to tell myself is that that doesn't last. Next week I'm going to be, I will be super motivated, absolutely thriving on it, loving every minute. Um, this week's just a crappy week and yeah. it's going to be what it's going to be. I'm not going to try and finish making content when I'm not in the mood for it. I'm going to 
find my community, which I've got a good network of small business owners who can be like, oh my God, did you not like, <laughs> and just maybe vent or have a coffee and touch base and realize we're all human and we can't be on all the time. Like you just, it's humanly impossible to do that. And don't beat yourself up when you're having a bad day, like go self care. So I've already told the two accountants up the back who are probably going to interrogate me later that on Friday, yeah, it's June 30, but I've booked a sauna. <laughs> I've got two meetings in the morning and then I'm having a sauna and no one can reach me for at least an hour and a half because I just need some time out and that'll help ground me and make me feel a bit better. So yeah, self-doubt everyone. I haven't met a business owner who doesn't face that at some point on the each week. Like from multi-million dollar businesses who everything looks highly polished and they know exactly what they're doing. They are taking wild guesses. <laughs> so, and they're like, should we? And I'm like, it's up to you. Um, but yeah, just having a sounding board, someone to talk to to help. Mm. Yeah, just chat about things because someone might be like, hey, but have you tried this? Or just write it out. It'll be okay. There's some great tips. I'm going to book a sauna after this. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, my husband probably gets sick of me just like complaining all the time. My sister who's here is a psychologist, so I use her a lot. So um, when she starts her own practice, I'll give you her business card because she's great. <laughs> um, I think for me, self-doubt, I always have to kind of come back to the present moment and go, okay, the reason I'm feeling it like this is because I actually care. I think I would be more worried if I didn't care. I always feel like when I'm in a moment of self-doubt, it's like, oh, am I doing, you know, this client's going to be upset. Maybe I didn't do something on time or, you know, it didn't go the way that we planned or maybe it was something completely out of my control and I feel a bit out of my depth. And I kind of come back to this is okay because I care and I will find a way out of this. I feel like if I stopped having that self-doubt, it means that I've just given up basically um but I'm I'm a very practical type a personality so I if I get into self-doubt I have to do some really practical things to bring myself really back to the present moment and sometimes it's setting a timer on my phone for 20 minutes and going I'm just going to do this task that I probably don't want to do and I've probably been putting off for two weeks because I thought it was hard and just do it for 20 minutes and usually that will kind of jump start me and get me out of whatever little funk that I was in and kind of keep me moving. Um, but I think actually Alison Shamir, who a couple of you might know, she's a confidence and imposter syndrome coach. She always, there's something that she says that's always stuck in my mind about action kind of breeds confidence as well. So if I just keep myself moving and doing those little tasks, then you start to go, okay, I'm doing this thing. And it just builds up slowly and the self-doubt starts to kind of fade away yeah. and running yeah. yeah and running too yeah I definitely don't run <laughs> while you're running I'm drinking coffee or wine depending on if there's an am or a pm after the five um for me self-doubt I think what you both said around having the right people I think I've um my partner works in a bar and I've tried to talk to him about work and just 
it's not like bless his heart he can make an amazing espresso martini but just doesn't get what I do so I think for me it's about finding the right people but not just people that will be like no it's fine Adrian like you're amazing you're doing a great job which most of the time you know your partner or your husband or or your sister your best friend will do Um, I work in an office with my business partner and we have a relationship where we can challenge each other in a respectful and healthy way because for me sometimes when that self-doubt has come up and made me think am I the right person for this client the answer has been no I wasn't so for me it's being able to um, I guess differentiate between what is self-doubt and just confidence and and those crappy weeks where you just think I can't do anything Mm -hmm. right and actually having to have some hard conversations with yourself around am I the right person for this client are they the right person for me and knowing how which is which which is that but as as you've both said having people around you that will challenge you will support you when you need it but will also help you to hold the mirror up sometimes and work out what is it self-doubt or is it actually some tough conversations that Mm. you need to have with yourself around your suitability for a situation or a, a client. Mm. Oh, th- thank you for your honesty, ladies. So appreciate hearing all that. So Sophie, we're yes. going to talk about some of the tools of the trade and you mentioned the looming date mm. of June 30th. <laughs> yes. Yes. June 30th. Who, who loves tax time? <laughs> okay. Two ladies up the back. Apart from the accountant <laughs> on the back. <laughs> Okay, so most of us aren't, you know, having a party over t- over the end of the financial <laughs> no. year, which is looming. No one's having a party. No. Um, but yeah. what I would love to know, though, is in the next two days, if we're going to get our <laughs> stuff sorted. <laughs> no, seriously. If, if we want to be better prepared for this time of year so that we don't have to ve- feel those moments of dread and go, oh, like I've got to talk to the accountant and yeah. I hate this conversation, I've got to get my shoebox of receipts out, which I know you love, <laughs> dealing with people's receipts. What's some, cu- what's some things that we can do that we can take away tonight and it might not be for this year, but maybe going yeah. into the new year and having a, a clean slate mm-hmm. with it? That can help we'll us. Let this year go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two days. I mean, miracles happen, but probably not, depending on what mess you've created. Um, the biggest things I teach all of my clients are cash flow. So making sure you have enough cash flow coming through the business. So that's the money coming in and out of the business, whether it's each week, each month. And making sure that with that cash flow, you can also obviously cover your expenses pay your staff or pay yourself and make a savings so I like everyone to have about three months worth of their monthly expenses saved and up not just business expenses that's not just personal, personal yeah. yeah even for yourself to yeah. do that um, because yeah there's business tax and there's personal tax goes up the back that's their <laughs> thing um, so monthly cash flow making sure you've got enough, making sure you've got a tax savings, thinking of business tax as quarterly because you've got to pay your bats every three months or your pay-as-you-go instalments. So if you're putting money aside for that, when that bill comes, you don't have to have a meltdown that there's no money there to pay it because you've put savings aside for that. And having some kind of system for your receipts. Obviously, I will make everyone use zero. 
<laughs> and you can take a photo and send it to your Xero software. So it's all in there. The accountant can see it when they need to look at it if they've got any questions or anything like that. It's all there. The records are there. Same with the ATO because if you don't have the physical paper receipt, it doesn't count. Um, so yeah, digital copies of receipts, cash flow, and asking questions. So if you're not sure, I've had some wild reconciliations by clients doing their own things in the last few months. If you're not sure, just ask. There's no such thing as a dumb question. That's where I come out. But people will be like, where do I put this? What's that allocated to? And if there isn't an appropriate expense account, we can create one. Um, yeah, there's no, it's not to be feared, really. Um, tax goes to good things like hospitals and roads and schools. Um, we won't talk about politicians' wages, but <laughs> um, it does contribute to a lot of things. So paying tax is important for the community and it's something we're all going to, we all have to pay. So there's no magic way of getting out of it or avoiding it. Definitely don't avoid it. Um, I've had a client come on who, it was literally actually 12 months worth of receipts in a box and they were late on their BAS. This was last year's tax and they got fined $1,100 a quarter on top of their tax bill for just being like, I'll do it later, it'll be fine, it can't be that bad. They're not holding back. <laughs> so if anything, be proactive with paying tax bills, please. <laughs> and we'll do a little Q&A at the end yeah. with the audience. So if you, if you hear anything that Sophie's saying, Amelia or Adrian in the next few minutes and you're like okay I've really got to ask them this we'll allow some time at the end for some questions yeah. as well